you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Arma Energy, presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, Bill's Pipes, and this one is also brought to you by The Fast House. Today we've got one of their star riders, Sean Collier, the 207 in your program, and number one if he's racing two-stroke championships, but unfortunately not in 2016. Sean, how's it going? Um, this week has been just a normal week for me pretty much, except, uh, it looks like my girlfriend's going to be delivering our baby girl pretty soon. So we've had a lot of on the edge of the seat moments this week thinking might've been time, but, uh, yeah, no. So that's pretty much been everything for me this week is all, as well as my work schedule. You know, I've been working, uh, my normal deal in Southern California. So, um, I won't be going up north, though, so that's nice. I'll be able to stay home and be close just in case she does go into labor. So pretty much, yeah, that's, that's on the program right now. And uh, just got back from California Classic last weekend. We did that. That was a lot of fun and did some REM racing. So, yeah, national stride you, around the corner. You've, so. you've been busy on the motorcycle. And, yeah, uh, very busy. Um, it, it just so happened that the two-stroke champions this year, chip this year. Uh, I'm not, I can't remember if this is this is typical, but it fell right on the break of Supercross, and never before have I seen social media explode over one particular race so spontaneously, like out of pretty much out of nowhere. This thing just like everyone was talking about it. Everyone's posting pictures. I can't count how many times. I saw your KX500 shared, liked, Instagram, everyone's following it, everyone's posting it out. The two-stroke has been embraced in a huge way in the last, I'd say, 12 months. Um, and honestly, a, a lot of it has to be thanks to you guys like you who uh, keep pulling these machines out and uh, and showing, them, showing us that uh, they're still plenty competitive. Yeah, no, I mean, two-strokes are they're awesome. Yeah, I mean, we all miss that sound really unique sound that a two-stroke gives and not only that but the smell and then i think it's just it gives it gives us that nostalgic feel because of all of our old heroes that used to ride it was all on two-strokes and they're also the financial side of them they're cheaper to work on so they're more attractive in that sense um and we also don't have a big block four-stroke i mean well actually we do but we don't have a class we don't have a 500 cc you know, four stroke that people really race at all, um, professionally yeah. at least. So when you get to pull out that old big block, 500, two stroke, that right there is just awesome. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter really who you are when you're riding that bike. Everyone knows that that's pretty much the baddest bike that's ever been built is a 500 CC two stroke, whether that's MotoGP or whatever, you know I mean? Those things are just unbelievable. So yeah, I'm, I'm it stoked. just sits on the, yeah, it's a, when so the much thing's fun. just sitting there idling, boom, 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 like I know you gotta love it. Don't even get me started. It's just it just sounds right. 
hearing you rev that thing up the hills uh, and like a couple of the videos that I was able to watch uh, that were on YouTube and, and Instagram, the thing just barked and it sounded so crisp. Uh, Donnie over at uh, FMF really helped you out making that thing uh, sound right and uh, you got it looked like you had a brand new seat cover on that thing, looked like brand new plastics front to rear, yep. W wheels with the wheels. Shout out to, to John and Kristen Anderson over at W Wheels for hooking that up. Huge black rims on that bike. Uh, you're looking fly, my friend. Yeah, I know. The thing was really, really dialed. We had C4MX, you know, Frenchie over there. He built the bike, and uh, they did a great job, man. They tore it down, and he ended up doing some motor work to it. thing put out almost 60 horsepower. Or six, No, wait, what was it? It was something crazy, dude. I can't remember right 63. Now. It's something, maybe I was thinking 66. Nah, I don't know. Whatever it was, it was unreal. You know, the thing was better than ever. It was so crisp, so responsive. You know, they rebuilt the whole entire bike. You know, before I was just riding on a machine that hadn't been built since, well, it came off production floor, you know? So, floor, yeah. so the thing was just tired, you know? I mean, the carburetor was cleaned half-assed <laughs> pretty much and, you know, so the thing was just hurting, and to be able to ride it when it was fresh, it was definitely an awesome experience. But unfortunately, you know, I didn't check the bolts in between rides after I had initially rode it to practice on it, so the shock bolt got loose and ended up backing mm -hmm. out, and that completely derailed, you know, the program. So that was yeah. pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, pretty well, completely unbeknownst to you that those bikes actually vibrate a fair bit. I'm not too sure if you knew that, but oh, oh yeah, you the, feel those, it. <laughs> <laughs> those, uh, those, those bolts tend to uh, loosen up a little bit, or it can anyway, especially with a bike that's been freshly built. You got to check those things, and unfortunately, you're bit by that. Uh, the big number one. Um, DNF the first moto, of course, you uh, ran away with its second moto, but... Uh, no, I didn't quite run away yeah, with it. tell us a little bit about moto. your weekend go. Second moto didn't quite Sorry? run away with it. No, no, we were... Uh, it was gnarly, dude. I had a good battle, second moto. It was it was intense, because... Battling with Sleater? No, not, no, actually, not Sleater. I was mostly battling with Killy and uh, also... Uh, what's his name? Um, Colton. We were going Colton after Haker. it. Colton Haker. Yeah, so we were going after it. The Husqvarna. Yeah, dude, it was it was intense because he was riding really, really well, and the track was so brutal, so like skatey on top and hard packed with these huge square holes, and so it was really, really just sketch, especially on that thing, man. I was just like, it, but it was a lot of fun too because I love getting scared like that, just getting that adrenaline pumping and getting those those close moments where you almost weed yourself, but you save it, you know, and you're battling yeah. hard and getting roosted, and oh, dude, it was it was really a lot of fun <laughs> so uh yeah and i was stoked to uh to be out there and, and cruising the old beast i mean as far as running the old number one i i feel a little odd running number one i don't know if i i dig it too much i mean i know kenny loved it loved seeing that big number one on that bike but um i'm more into running the old trusty 207, 207. yeah yeah, I, actually, I was surprised you went with the one. It was a little bit out of character, and it actually makes a lot of sense to say that you said that. But for how many opportunities that we get to actually run that number legitimately, um, sometimes you've got to seize that opportunity. And uh, um, I think if uh, if not for that bolt uh, or a couple of bolts loosening on you, I think you would have been able to represent it properly uh, and, and be victorious on the day. Um 
But regardless of, of how the, the points ended up or how the overall uh, shook down, um, I, in a lot of ways, Sean Collier nowadays is winning. You've got a daughter on the way. You've got a beautiful two-stroke 500 sitting in your garage as well as uh, a stable of 450s, so, or at least one that looks pretty sweet uh, that I see every once in a while. So uh, yep. things are looking up for uh, the 207 slash number one. Yeah, absolutely. It's really quite crazy how everything's been working out the last couple of years because, you know, it was such a struggle for me before I ended up walking away from racing in 2012. I mean, it was just, it was really a struggle, you know. And, um, it's quite strange how now, I mean, I have a full-time job, everything's going great, water treatment, and now I have more support than ever going into, uh, you know, the racing side of things. And quite honestly, I really got to give it up to Kenny for that because if it wasn't for him stepping in and being my advocate, um, I was just kind of like unknown, you know, I didn't have a voice out there and I really don't speak up for myself very well. And I would always kind of just stick to my own little program and not really talk to many people. And I just was kind of in the dark in a sense. So Kenny's really just kind of pushed me out there and be like, all right, you know, kick me in the ass and it's time to move, buddy. You know, let's, uh, let's talk to people and, and, uh, let's get out there. Let's do some cool events. And, and he's kind of reinvented my racing career, you know, it ramped it up big time. And, and uh, it's, it's really been cool. And I'm stoked that we've been able to do this and, and have a great time doing it. We go out racing and travel around. We're going to do pretty much the same program this year, except we're going to do some more events and do some hell on wheels events that the Vaughn Zipper guys put on. Um, uh, or rather the Hell on Wheels you guys put on, but they endorse it, you know, and it's just really cool to be a part of this whole program and then going out for Scott Burnworth, his uh, vintage classic that we'll go do. Um, we'll be doing that again this year, June 6th, down at Glen Helen. That's going to be awesome. I'll ride the 500 there as well as hopefully ride the yeah. Marty Trikes 100 Invitational race again. And I had probably one of the coolest, most pitching battles of my life last year with Doug Dubok, man. We were, just dicing back and forth and it was so much Doctor. fun yes it, i mean i i grew up watching him ride and i have kind of respect for him as a man and first as a national rider. i ever watched in my entire life doug dubach took it uh took the the number one ride no on way a four, four stroke on a four stroke in canada oh no way so he raced up in canada yeah, his last season, or I guess his last professional season, uh, he had a deal with White Brothers, uh-huh. uh, and uh, basically to do four-stroke development, he came up here and, and raced it uh, in the Canadian Series against JSR, and he ended up winning. He took the overall uh, on a White, Bauer, what, White, White Brothers-powered uh, Yamaha. Oh, four, no way. 426. Yeah. I, I love learning new things like that. That's cool. Yeah, man. For sure, I think he he actually still comes up for a couple of uh, like uh, well, I say vintage races, but uh, some uh, old I would say old timers races, but yeah, let's call it what they are. Uh, there's an Antler Lake uh, race uh-huh. uh, for for, and then he comes up for that every once in a while. That's in Alberta, uh, basically straight straight north from you guys, about twelve what? hours. <laughs> wow! So he does he drive or does he fly? I think he does, yeah. I think he either drives it or uh, he gets he gets in with a couple of buddies and does that that race. Dude, that's so cool, man. That's that's right up yeah. his alley, though, man. He's he's such a cool guy. 
I'm sure you've probably talked to him before, right? Yeah, I haven't had him on my show, but I actually, uh, when I w went down to California in 2010, um, I saw him riding at Milestone a couple of times, and uh, you know me, I'll literally talk to anyone, so I felt no uh, no apprehension to walking up to the doctor himself, and uh, he's more than inviting, so uh, he was as advertised when that came to that. Oh, absolutely, dude. He's probably one of the most personable personal uh, professionals from that era that I've ever met, I think, or probably the most, because you know, I've met a lot of those guys, but he's just so easy to talk to, and he's always there to give you advice and, and then have a really good battle with you, but then you, you know, you'd be laughing and, and uh, talking about it when you're, you know, done with the race, you know, it's not like he holds a grudge, like, oh, you beat me, you know, oh, you know what I mean? It's, it's cool to see someone that's like that, you know, but can be really, really competitive when you're racing and riding and aggressive, but then realize that, you know, let's, let's not turn it into like a, a dog-eat-dog battle when we get off the track, you know? But, uh, no, and he still goes pretty quick. Oh, dude, he falls in the mail, man. He, I mean, just up at the stroke National, he was up there battling in the top ten, you know? Just impressive, man. I think he's he's into his 50s now. and I mean, come on, that's crazy. And he still races a plus 40 class. That's what gets me, is he actually races younger than himself. Yeah, impressive. Yeah. I, I told yeah, him last time I saw him, cool. like, man, if I can ride half as good as you do at, you know, your age, I feel kind of like a jerk saying that but it's true you know the guy's he's he's like an elder to me man and he's he can ride the hell out of a dirt bike man you wouldn't know it that he's 100%. 50 plus years old you know totally totally I, he actually might be coming up on he might be like 53 or 54 like he's into his 50s not just like he's not like 51 like yeah that's what i that's mean. crazy <laughs> for sure but uh yeah good times with the doctor man but so the the two-stroke championships. This is a one-day event. You get the like. You first of all, you have the the luxury of being in like one of your best supporters, biggest supporters is the Fast House, and in my opinion, coolest jerseys in the whole world. I know this is a fly racing podcast, but in my opinion, those jerseys are way too cool. I, I know I. I Posted a video of my dad's old Suzuki jerseys from back in the day. That's why I love them so much. It's just a throwback, solid colors, and uh, and you and of course Troy Lee is amalgamated with those guys. You were on point, the sickest kit the whole weekend. That's <laughs> got to be a cool thing because as we grow up, we always wish we could be the coolest looking guy at the track. That was you all weekend, and that's pretty much you every weekend. Yeah, now Kenny's got it going on. That's another huge thing. I mean, before, dude, I was rocking whatever, jeans and a tank top sometimes when i go ride at the local track. Like, legitimately, yeah. it it was pretty bad. I mean, I was wearing stuff from the Star Racing days in 2006, and it was like 2010, you know, and I'm wearing stuff that's so just ragged out and torn up. But now it's completely different you know kenny's got me dialed in anytime i put anything on it's pretty much something new you know and but then he's got that basic classic look too that's just really clean and it's not really busy like a lot of the gear is these days so it's different and he always has a vision of how he wants it to look and what he wants me to wear so he's kind of like my stylist in a sense because he just because, uh, all right, this is what we're going to wear. This is what you're going to look like. All right. And then, I mean, I just roll with it because it looks so damn good, too. You know, it's like, how could I even argue it? He's making me look way better than 
you know, I ever did for myself before. So, and uh, it's cool, though. You know, everyone digs it. They come up. And they always have compliments about how everything looks, and then also that helmet too. That that uh, that Troy did that custom job on that was so yes, cool sir. too because it was it was old school. You know, it was the there's no clear coat on it. It's freehand. It's just man, it was really, really cool to, to wear that and we still have it, you know, and I ended up, I wore it last weekend, you know, Kenny was like, we want to wear it? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll wear it, of course. But, I mean, I feel, I almost don't want to wear it because <laughs> it's so nice, you know? Like, yeah. That's totally, it's almost custom. one of these things you just want to stare at it. Yeah, I mean, I keep it, uh, I don't know, in a case somewhere protected. But, you know, I mean, we're going we're gonna to keep wearing it here and there, so it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it doesn't really work now because I think it says uh, champ on it or something, you know, t-shirt champ, but uh, now that, you know, really, I guess it belongs with Mike Slater, man. He's the champ. <laughs> he took it home. Well, you were the champ before that helmet was made. You can't, you're, you're, you're being way too modest at this point, man. Uh, the you're, you're, you're a bad man on a two-stroke and uh, the 2014 champ, that is what you are. And uh, I think, and Let's like easy to say that you will be back to uh, reclaim your title in 2016. Oh, I'm gonna go for it, man, for sure on the five hundred. And uh, absolutely, yeah. And it looked like you had the jump on those guys, especially in a couple of those slow motion videos of you dumping the clutch on the concrete start, and every single one of those knobbies on those Dunlop tires just hooked right up. That's a sponsor plug right there. Absolutely, man. They hooked up beautifully. That second moto would have been perfect, but I dumped it too hard, spun like crazy. But, man, that first moto, just a perfect start, man. That was literally ideal. Got off perfect, awesome traction, shifting points were perfect. Everything, the delivery ended up pulling a hole shot. That was probably the biggest hole shot. Actually, it was, safe to say, the biggest hole shot I've ever pulled in my life. Definitely. No kidding. Well, yeah. you, you, the thing hooked up and you were gone, man. Like, yeah. what does it feel like when that thing rockets out of the hole like that? Like, it's got to be like no 450 anyone's ever jumped on. Like, I've done starts on 450s. I've done starts on 252 strokes. But I've never done a start on a KX500, especially not one tuned to perfection like yours. What is that like, man? You know what? The bike is just out of the hole. It, it's really aggressive. So it's not like a four-stroke where it delivers the power in a real linear way and smooth. It just it hits hard, and it just breaks that rear wheel loose. And then where the bike really comes in is mid-range to top is where it just, wow. That thing just puts a 450 to shame. Guarantee it. Any factory 450, there's no way they'd be able to hang with that thing once you get it going. I mean... Coming out of the hole, 450 is going to have an advantage because it's going to just be like a tractor and it's going to have a lot more uh, just usable power. But once you get that 500 going, oh boy, impressive. Definitely impressive. Especially if you're like in altitude, you know, somewhere like Mammoth, where the thing just keeps pulling yeah. and going and going and going. I mean, I was, I was going up the uphill, fourth gear wide open, and the thing was, I couldn't click fifth. On my 450, I was fifth already, halfway up it, you know? leaning off the back but that 500 man it's just, it's just a different ball game with that she's nasty that's wild like i know they have a rule for um for entering entering a pro national on a certain year bike i believe the cutoff is 2008 
is there any way you could get a provisional, uh, a, like basically a um, a permission slip from the either it would be as MX Sports or M- the AMA to let you ride that thing in a, at a national just to see what it would do or how cool that would be? Like, I don't even think anyone would remember who wins that race. Everyone like everyone would just have their eyes on uh, the two they they would seriously yeah. because I mean I, I know everyone would be stoked on the battle going on up front but pretty much the two stroke would feel the show as soon as it'd come by you <laughs> they'd be like whoa five hundred you know I thought about that though what you're saying just like talking to Davey like hey you know why don't we you know first round maybe do a little funny thing and let the old five hundred cool. oh I know just I mean come on the thing's not going to be an advantage I mean I'll what would be cool if I you'd by pull the way, a start down, yes I pull a whole shot maybe, or like definitely in the top three, but you know, the bike is definitely, I mean, come on, it's not 450 competitive, competitively, you know, at that speed now and the way the chassis set up and the suspension and the brakes, it just couldn't compete. So that would be so cool. And man, I would be on it. I would definitely do it in a heartbeat. I'd race the whole national series on it. I wouldn't care. You know, that was so cool. Like I, I, I would love to see something like that happen. And, uh, yeah. How does, how does that thing, uh, come to a stop? I know brakes have made rapid changes over the years. Of course, we're still on discs, but, uh, do you have an oversized rotor in the front? Uh, how does that thing come to a stop? Actually? Yeah, we, uh, we did put an oversized one on finally before it was just running whatever it came with. Uh, I did take the, uh, uh, the front brake off of a WR Yamaha 450. Okay. So I mounted that on to give me a little bit more braking power, and then the rear was just whatever it came with stock standard, and that was just really subpar. I go through a, a set of brake pads in a 20-minute moto, and they're done. Just toasted. Okay. So are you of the mind to drag the back brake through corners? Because I always find out I'm doing that on my two-strokes. I try not to. Um, I try yeah. to. I try not to. Yeah, because the brakes will fail on you and they they won't last. So I try to not even yeah. barely ever use the rear brake as much as I possibly can. But you, you have to get on it hard at times. So it, um, you know, it, it's just necessary. You know, to slow you down, especially downhill. Hey, Brad, I'm gonna order a cup of coffee right now. Is that okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> Not a problem. Okay, Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to commercial right quick. We'll be right back with Sean Collier. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You, too, can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us.
these Imigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than hair and stronger than steel. So, what that means is it can move much faster. 2014 X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear offs, zip off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a lickin' and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. And we're back. Sean Collier on the line. Just a few more minutes uh, before you head in to a, a motocross meeting, chatting about uh, guaranteed some races that are coming down the pipe. Uh, and it always seems like you're, you've got another race coming down. Like it's you're a really busy guy. You're on two strokes, four strokes, REM. You're racing two like two stroke championships. You're thinking about racing the entire nationals on 500. If that would ever possible, we'd love to see it. Uh, how do you balance all this stuff, including this like 60 hour a week job? And then now of course a newborn coming down the pipe, you know, Literally. I, yeah, I don't know, man. It, my life is uh, wide open right now. It's definitely at times that it, it seems to be a little bit overwhelming, you know, because I, my schedule is just so busy, but I just have to put it into perspective and realize that, and come on, guy, it's really not overwhelming. You're you're all good, you know, doing what I love to do, and I'm really, really thankful and, and happy that I still get to ride my dirt bike like I do and having all the support that I have, and I have an awesome job. I have a great girlfriend that supports me and all my 
crazy endeavors and my wild lifestyle that you know constantly keep me on the go and she's always game she's freaking nine months pregnant and still right there with me so my life's good man it's uh you know I, i've gone through a lot of personal struggles and a lot of uh a lot of hurdles but it seems like now everything's just starting to kind of like you know calm down and even though my life is crazy as far as my schedule goes my life's good you know i got nothing to complain about so it seems to me like organized chaos like it, it's it's and it's and it's all positive like Exactly. And we, we went over your entire career. For those who are, are listening, hoping to get an entire encompassing interview of, of all things Sean Collier, go and listen to the four-hour-long podcast that we did about a month or two ago. Uh, that was unreal, and we basically uncover um, a, a roller coaster of of events throughout your racing career. And um, like, by no offense, do I mean that you actually had a lot of hard times honestly like you you came back from a lot of injuries you're on some teams that didn't treat you so well you were on in some, some situations that didn't work out in your favor and now it seems like everything's kind of um maybe coming back at even steven or down on, on an upswing you seem a lot more positive about how you approach just about anything uh and like just it's all roses for uh, for Sean Collier. What do you think contributes to that? And um, does does positive positivity breed positivity when these types of things come around? Yeah, you know what? I mean, you can't really pinpoint one specific thing or person that's contributing to it, but just everyone and everyone in my life in general right now. It's just it, everything's just meshing really well. Um, everything at my job goes really well I mean even if there's an issue or obviously we all have issues in life and things come up but everything gets addressed and everything gets handled in a positive way and it's just even in the racing you know it's all positive I don't have there's never a time where there's like some distasteful moments where I'm like ah man you know everything's just it's good you know and I like that that's what we want to keep moving forward with that same spirit and that same program you know, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to talk that out with this, uh, this new possible sponsor actually he is, he is a sponsor, Gasper racing, Manny and his wife. And, and uh, yeah, man, and we're, that's what we want to keep. We want to keep this going, keep this good positive vibe going. Um, I still want to represent fast house and keep going with them and, and all the great sponsors that, that have come along with that with AO five beer and, um, which is really cool. I, I love the Von Zipper guys. We got Garnet, you know, C4MX, W, Dunlop, Hinson, just all these great sponsors that have come behind this program. Thousand Oaks, you know, has, has stepped up big with the bikes and they're supporting us more than ever. And, and it's awesome. You know, I mean, there's, I know there's some more people that I'm forgetting. I got Troy, you know, Troy Lee and, and all those guys down there helping us out. Um, Renthal, you know, it, it's really cool to see everyone come behind and FMF, shit, can't forget about those guys. Little D hooking it up, Big D doing custom pipes and man, it's going to be really cool this year, you know. We're, we're looking forward to it and just right around the corner, man, people are going to be just loving watching that 500 rip up that hill at, at Glen Helen. I can't wait to, can't wait to pull it out and and, uh, and show everyone what it, what it sounds like again to hear a a monster, you know. 
Hundred percent. It, it's it, it's a foreign thing because uh, I started watching motocross and interested in, in general in nineteen ninety nine, and they stopped making or stopped racing five hundreds in two thousand in nineteen ninety four. Like that would have been like the last year would have been ninety three, I believe. So ninety like four years, five years previous to that, the the race I I had no opportunity to see a five hundred go. I saw one at a local race. A guy would put it in third gear and do all the jumps, but that's about it. <laughs> I personally need to see a 500 haul up that hill pulling every single bit of the way. That's just cool to me. And I feel like uh, those are the types of things that bring out the passion in this sport. Yeah, they do. You know, and people, people miss seeing those open bikes too. You know, I, it's crazy the feedback that we get with that bike. It's, it's really amazing how that bike, people just, they love it. They really do. You know, I mean, I, I was kidding around with, with a friend recently and I'm like, man, it would be cool to just bring back an open class, wouldn't it? You know, like have everyone just come out, bring out their two stroke, whoever, you know, 500s yeah. and, and, uh, start racing. Run you know, 500 run. I don't know. I think that'd be cool. Maybe a couple of rounds actually have an open class. I know we're going to do that two stroke challenge at Glen Helen, which would be awesome, but not everyone's going to be on open bikes, you know? Um, but Hey, you know what? We, we all love though to hear any two strokes awesome, whether it's a 125 or an 80 or, um, or 500, but that 500 in general is just, it's just special. You know, it really is. Totally. Well, I have my 85s from when I raced. I have my 125. I have my 250. I'm all I'm missing is, is the big boy to, to complete the whole set. So, uh, I might have to invest. Who knows? <laughs> I know, man. You'd, I'm telling you, you'd love it. That's sweet, man. How does it compare to your 450? Obviously, handling-wise is completely... It's basically a, a unidentified, unidentified flying object, one, of the, one to the other. But um, power-wise, like you'd mentioned, it's not a linear power band. Are they comparable at all? And how do the lines change on a two-stroke to a four-stroke? Like, I think one of the things that riding a two-stroke at a four-stroke prominent race actually like what the one thing that holds you back on a two-stroke is the fact that you're riding four-stroke lines does that make sense you know what i don't think that's going to be as big of an issue no not not so much um what will be different is the track's going to be prepared a lot different at the national at the two-stroke national they prepared it to be a much harder base they didn't water very much at all so they wanted to keep it i think not as rough you know they didn't want, or obviously they didn't want it to get nearly as rough as a national and ruddy. So the track's going to be prepared completely different at the national, but it's actually going to work in my favor because the 500, um, doesn't react well on dry, slippery soil. And that's how it was at the two stroke national. It was, it had a real hard base. It was really difficult to lay the power down without breaking loose. And, um, we're not going to have that at the national. We're going to have, prime prime traction and it's going to be just perfect you know and i think that will actually play into the bike's favor you know so but i mean time will tell you know we're, we're going to find out here shortly so and i'm excited man I, I can't wait to to fire that thing up and and just ride a track that's really deep and loamy and and feel what the power's like in that type of soil because you can't really quite utilize it that much in, in that real hard pack type soil 
it just breaks loose too much. Yeah, it's all know? about uh, throttle control, skating on top, and get keeping the power to the ground, which is, uh, yeah, unless, like, if you're in some deep sand or some, some loamy soil, like, that that engine would be uh, ideal, but not not on the, the hard pack stuff. Uh, before I let you go, um, when how can people follow you on social media, and when can we see when will we see you uh, fire that, that bad boy up again? Well, right now we're getting it all fixed up because it, it, uh, it took some some punches pretty heavy punches at the last race uh, the shock was destroyed yes. and well the actual shock body was destroyed not the internals and stuff but uh we had some other stuff that needs to get addressed and we also got to gusset the frame and, and do a lot of things that we didn't really look at before so um probably won't see that till um i guess at uh glen helen for the uh the invitational that'll be the next time we'll see that bike out there riding so um, coming up though, we got, um, well this weekend, I'm not sure what's going to happen with, with my girlfriend, is she going to be delivering or not, or, or what's happening there. So I'm trying to keep this weekend up and kind of open. So on any racing, but, uh, the next, uh, following weekends, we're going to be definitely doing some REM racing and, um, uh, June 6th, like I said, that stuff will be doing the, uh, Scott Bernworth invitational or, or not invitational, but his event that he puts on. Um, and yeah, we'll just be doing a bunch of other stuff too. I mean, we got Washougal coming up and, and that'll be, uh, July, I think 25th, uh, then a bunch of races in between. We got the hell on wheels events that we'll be attending and, um, that'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully you can get a vintage bike that's up to par because, uh, I ended up kind of hurting that bike too. So unfortunately I was hammering on the old 380CZ a little too hard, so uh, but no, we're going to be having a lot of fun. We'll be, we'll be, uh, we'll be out there, man. So, um, you can follow me, uh, on Twitter or not Twitter. I'm sorry. I do not have a Twitter account, even though there is a Twitter account out there. I do not go on Twitter. I don't know. I think my ex-girlfriend set it up a couple of years ago or something. So I, I have no idea how to even go into it. So, uh, I I'll got, uh, uh, Instagram. You can follow me at, at I think it's Sean Collier 207. That's pretty bad, man. (laughs) Uh, And then I'm on Facebook as well. I don't know my own phone number. I know, right? Well, we get so used to just kind of like taking care of for us these days, you know? Yeah, exactly. But anyhow, so yeah, you can check out what I'm doing. I I post pictures more than ever now. I've been trying to kind of keep my name out there a little bit and not keep people in the dark so much. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty good with uh, with that stuff now, so. For sure. Well, we love to see all the stuff that you're pointing out, whether it be two-stroke, four-stroke, what have you. Uh, Sean Collar, it's always a pleasure. Uh, best, all the best going forward. You have yourself an awesome, awesome weekend. Um, best of luck with your, your newborn daughter if she happens to come this weekend. If not, grip it and keep the rubber side down. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you. No problem, man. You have yourself a great weekend. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Later, Sean. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.